very thankful for that opportunity to hear you all today, to play with Nathan, and just to see everybody here today ready to praise God and to worship Him. There's so many things that we're thankful for when we talk about this time of year. I'm thankful that last Wednesday night we all met together, and uh, I, I turned really turned Bible study over to uh, you folks that were here, and we shared the things that we were we're thankful for in depth, and that was that meant a lot to me. That that was awesome, to say the least. Today, I want to take a different direction as we take a step of faith and faithfulness. I want to talk about some other things that I'm thankful for. God. Before we get to that, let me ask you, what is the greatest blessing that you've ever had? Now, that might even take some serious thought, some consideration, just to, some reflection, if you will, to think about the greatest blessing that you've ever had. Now, here, here at church today, we could all say that we would be in agreement um, Jesus is the greatest blessing. Uh, absolutely, I think he's part of it. Uh, but let, let's go back a step instead of forward with it. What about just you personally in your life? Count your blessings, right? All the things that you have good in your life. What's the greatest of those? Maybe your list might look like this. And I, Wednesday night, a lot of our lists look uh, similar to, to what I'm going to show you right now. Number one, I'm, I'm thankful for my parents. Uh, my parents uh, raised me in church, raised me to know the Lord Jesus, and uh, taught me uh, the right from wrong, and gave me a good opportunity and chance at life. I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, who has supported me in ministry, who has been my partner, my best friend, and can sing pretty good, quite honestly. Thankful for her. And can cook. Right? And I'm not so thankful for that now, but a couple of days ago I sure was. Uh, now it's back on the diet train. I'm thankful for my children, who are in the back today. Uh, but you all know I love my kids very, very much, and anyone with children would say that is definitely... Uh, part of your, your greatest blessing list. Um, I would be amiss today if I didn't say I was thankful for my in-laws because they're all sitting right there. <clears throat> Put that question mark on there. I'm definitely thankful for them. And they know it. And many of you know I've, I've known Dave and Robin and uh, Amy's family since I was a little tiny boy. And who would have ever thought, Brian, whenever me and you were... About the age of our boys now, uh, running around town, that one day I would marry your sister and be your brother-in-law. I didn't. She was mean. <laughs> but not anymore. Now she's real nice. <laughs> but now let's go a step further, all right? Because we could all have, we'd all have lists like this. Let's face it. And we should. I think that the greatest blessing that we have in our lives is God. Just, just plain and simple. God. Jesus is part of that. No doubt. But without God, we are nothing. And we oftentimes thank God for so many things. Today I want to say, thank you God for being God. Scripture uh, continuously says that God is the true God. That God is the living God. And in 1 Thessalonians um, Chapter 1, verses 8 through 9, it, it puts those two things together. It says, now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. And it, it skips down. I'm skipping down a little bit here uh, in verse 9. Wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. 
And the very end of the verse says, And how you turned away from the idols to serve the, fill this in, living and true God. The only God, the only living God, because the rest are not real. We can't say that the other gods are dead because they never were. And true God. Living and true God. That's awesome. And what a responsibility it is for us to be thankful to that living and true God. And to be thankful for that living and true God. And Jesus reminded us in Matthew chapter 22 that the greatest commandment of all was to do what? Love God. To love God. And the second was like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. By loving your neighbor as yourself, you are also loving God. Because you're obeying him. But the first, let's make no mistake, that was the second. The first was what? Love God. Folks, i got to ask you today, are you thankful for God? Do you love God? Are you showing that you love God by obeying him every day? By trusting him all the way? Are you showing that you're thankful for God just being God? We should be. Let's talk about some reasons why. Because God, our biggest blessing of all, God is a blessing as our Father. Father God. Heavenly Father, or our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We all know that beginning of the Lord's Prayer, when the disciples said, Jesus, how do we pray? He said, this is how you should pray. And how does he start off? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. Now think about this for a minute and contemplate this. God could have chosen, we're talking about God here. He could have chosen any kind of relationship he wanted with us. But he chose Father. He could have chose to be a dictator. He could have chose to be an absentee landlord. He could have chose to be a deadbeat dad. But he didn't. He chose the best relationship for us father and not just any kind of father loving father the living and true god is our loving father the best possible relationship that we could have with him is what he chose see because what comes with having a loving father there's certain traits if you will there's certain things that we know that's going to be traits of a loving father but one you're going to have security you're going to feel secure in what he tells you. You're going to feel, uh, you know, safe because you've got a God that loves you so much. And it doesn't mean anything that nothing bad will ever happen to you. We all know that that's, that's life. But I feel a sense of security in God's promises. And I hope that you do too. Or what about generosity? A loving father has generosity without a shadow of a doubt. Loving parents are generous with their children. I know many of us uh, were blessed not to have to go hunt rabbit this week. And I know that that's funny. It is. It's a pretty hilarious story, to be honest with you. But it also makes you think, Dave. Because all I had to do was plop my butt down at the table 
that I was blessed to borrow from church with a big giant turkey in front of me so I could stuff my belly with one, two, and three portions. And then later on, I could say, oh, I'm so full, someone is going to have to go get me my own pumpkin pie and bring it to me because I can't even get up and move. Anybody else eat like that? Nobody? Seriously? No one else is going to admit it? Okay. Uh, me neither. <laughs> but why? Because generous. It wasn't like you can only have this much and you can only have generous portions. The trait of a loving father is generosity. God loves you so much and he's generous with that love. And he's generous with that gift. What about uh, interest and concern? God cares about you. He's interested in you. He's concerned for you. Why? Because that's what a loving father does. The trait of a loving father, of course, love. It's no accident God chose this kind of relationship for us. I'm thankful for God the Father. What else? God is not only a loving Father, but He is also a blessing as an example to us. The utmost, absolute best, perfect example that we could ever ask for. And all the traits that we just mentioned, the, the love, the interest, the concern, the generosity, the security, that's the example that He has set for us and is setting for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. I love, I love those power words like that. Thanks be to God for His, no, not just gift, His indescribable gift. Now this, this part of Scripture here is uh, talking about, it's the end of a passage about benevolence. And many would think that this uh, passage of Scripture right here is only talking about Jesus. I think it's talking about much more than that. Jesus is definitely a part of this indescribable gift that Paul mentions here in 2 Corinthians. But I think that more importantly, he's trying to tell them, this Corinthian church, that they have indeed followed the Father's example. And what was the Father's example? That benevolence, that generosity, that giving. And what did God give us? The best gift of all, Jesus Christ, His Son. So therefore, what should we do? We've also got to follow His example. See, that love that He gives us, what, remember, the greatest commandment, love God, but the second, just like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love Him just as much as you love yourself. In fact, even more than you love yourself. We've got to follow His example of love, of generosity, of security, of kindness, of interest, of concern. We've got to follow his example of that concern. Most definitely, we should have concern for everybody that we know in our lives that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If we don't have concern for them, what are we saying? Are we saying that eternal life does not matter? Are we saying that forgiveness does not matter? Are we saying that we do not care about them? Because if we do say those things, that's against what God has told us to do. Love God and love your neighbor. Folks, do you have concerns for your neighbors that don't know Jesus? I know that you do. But now what are we going to do about it? We've got to have that. We have to follow that example. We have to follow that loving example. If God 
knew that something was wrong in your life, would he not put it on your heart? If God knew that you were heading down that wrong path, has he not sent his spirit to help right that ship? We must also go to our neighbors, not, not to judge them, but to say, hey, do you know about Jesus? Do you know about him? That generous, caring, giving God who sent us Jesus. Yeah, we got to follow his example. And that example, I think, can come down to these two words. God cares. Folks, if you think God cares, give me an amen. Because it's just too important to think any other way. And how do we know God cares? He shows it. How does your neighbor know you care? Are you showing it? Thank you, God, the Father, for being an example, for not being absent in my life, for being present. Thank you for being God. And what else? Number three today, God is a blessing for victory. You all know I love that word when it comes to our Christian faith. That victory that we have, not because of ourselves, but only through Jesus. And with that comes one of my absolute favorite verses. I shared uh, the, the first part of this passage last week. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God that he gives us victory through Jesus. God didn't have to do that, y'all. But he did. Because he cares. Because he loves you. Because he's our father. And what about Jesus and all this? Yes, this was the vessel that God used. God the Son who gave his life. We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school this morning. And I didn't want to say anything, but it goes right along with the sermon. Christ had a decision to make that day in the garden. Did he not? He said, Lord, not my will, but your will. He had a decision to fulfill the mission that he had been sent to do, which was to die for you, for me, and for all who would accept him. But it was his decision to make. But what did he say? Not my will, but yours. So what's God's will? It's for us to live victorious. How do we live victorious? Through Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for the victory that you give us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we know this? Because Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, God, for the victory, for being our Father. Lord, please, your will be done, not mine. Lord, thank you for the food that has been put on my table. That daily bread, Lord, thank you so very much for it. Because I know that it's much more than bread. Because I am so greatly blessed. Thank you, God, for allowing us to live victoriously. Today we say thank you, God, for being God. For being God the Father. For being God the example. And for being the God that gives us victory through Jesus. And I don't know about you all, but this is the best way I knew how to end this sermon today. Because today, on Thanksgiving Day, next Sunday, tomorrow, the third Tuesday of the month, whenever it may be, we rejoice. 
We rejoice because we have a God that loves us so much that we can say, thank you, God, for being God. We rejoice today, tomorrow, and forever. Why? Because we trust and obey. Thank you, God. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for being God, our Creator, our Sustainer, our Redeemer, our Friend. Thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for the bountiful blessings that each of us has. Lord, help us to to show how much we appreciate your love by loving you back, first and foremost in our lives, by setting the example that you've asked us to set, for showing our neighbors that we care and for understanding the concern that we should have for all those that don't know your son, Jesus, through whom we have victory. Thank you, God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.